This is the Pontiac Podcast. In this podcast, April explores the topic of blondes, the science, the stereotypes, the history. Afterwards, I sit down with April to discuss her podcast. I'm sorry. Blonde. Just having a blonde moment. Don't mind her. Don't blame her. It's just because it's she's blonde. Blonde. she was born blonde. that way. These are all the things that I have heard multiple times and that I have even said. Of course, I only use them as a joke, but the point is that they have really become a norm, and to be honest, it kind of sucks. Why should hair color define intelligence? Why is it that when I get a good mark on an assignment, I can't have just done well, but congratulations to me, you are breaking the stereotype. I have been a living, breathing human being for 16 years, and although I am still young, I can confidently say that there is no correlation between the pigmentation of one's hair and their mental capabilities. Scientists know this, you know this, so it's not hard for little old blonde me to figure out. And despite these evident inaccuracies, it's still here, and I am sure it has been and will be around for a very long time. How did this insane idea ever come to surface? Was there some sort of build-up, or is it simply a baseless stereotype? Now maybe a joke is simply that. A joke. But perhaps there's more to it, and perhaps there's some history in how this stereotype came to be so acceptable. In order to further dissect this stereotype, I feel it's important to figure out where blondes actually came from in the first place. It's suggested that the blonde hair color first appeared about 11,000 years ago in prehistoric times and began spreading all throughout northern Europe. There are many explanations as to how this hair color began to evolve, one being the lack in vitamin D during the last ice age. In order to compensate for this deficiency, hair began to lighten. Another probable situation is that men found the rare blonde-haired woman to be more attractive, leaving the circle of life to do what it does best. When this hair color appeared in our world, people were quick to make associations with what this hair color symbolized or what does it mean. And ancient Greece and Rome are two perfect examples. Opinions on blondes differentiated between the ancient Greeks and Romans. In ancient Greece, having long locks of golden hair was empowering, as it was a symbol of great strength and beauty. This group of individuals prized blonde hair, because many of the gods and goddesses they worshipped had that same hair color. Athena, goddess of wisdom and military victory. To be associated in the slightest way with any of these beings they respected so much was extremely sought after, and so people with blonde hair were extremely grateful to have been blessed with such a gift. In Rome, on the other hand, yellow hair didn't have that same rep. In Rome, the color was typically associated with barbarity and prostitution. Contrasting with Greece, Roman women would dye their hair brown, hoping to be considered more attractive. Eventually, Rome's perception of blondes shifted and caught up with the ideas of Greece making lighter hair more desirable, and women began to use various questionable combinations trying to bleach their hair. Even the Bible had an opinion on what blondes symbolized, and although this opinion was not crystal clear, it is obvious that the same stellar reputation blondes had in Greece was not the same, even in biblical times. And unknowingly, the Greeks are partially at fault. More specifically, Aphrodite, goddess of yes, love, but also sexual rapture. This put a damper on their reputation in the Bible, and the only well-known blonde individuals mentioned were harlots, temptress Eve, and prostitute Mary Magdalene.
Blondes were viewed as provocative, which was, of course, frowned upon by the church. So while everyone else was in church on Sundays, I suppose the blondes roamed the streets seeking forgiveness somehow else. Maybe blondes have just always had more fun. In the 18th century, the original dumb blonde was born. Rosalie Duthay. In contrast to Covent School, she later became the mistress of an English nobleman, and so this is where her racy reputation took its start. In 1775, a play was created with the sole purpose of mocking her stupidity and scandalous lifestyle. The character has made for an abundance of knockoff roles all throughout history, even to today. In the program, the character was given this description. A very beautiful and extremely curious contrivance representing a handsome woman. It performs all the actions of a living creature, eating, drinking, dancing, and singing as if it were endowed with a mind. This mechanical woman can actually strip a floor in her t-shirt in a matter of seconds. Its only difficulty is with speech. Experts have already given up hope of curing this defect, and admirers prefer to study the machine's movements. The machine, they call her. Subtle, am I right? In the 18th century, the first dumb blonde joke was recorded, and unfortunately, these jokes have not improved with age. Some jokes die hard. Stepping into more recent times, Jean Harlow was the platinum-haired bombshell of the 1930s, which before there was no such thing. This inspired hundreds of women to do atrocious things to their hair, like soaking their heads in ammonia and peroxide in hopes of getting her same color. Jean Harlow was a natural blonde, but not blonde enough, apparently. She would use harsh bleach on her hair as the depigmented, almost translucent locks of platinum hair translated beautifully onto black and white film. Unfortunately for her, what she did not expect to happen was her hair becoming so extremely unhealthy that it would quickly become too delicate to style and begin to break off. Jumping all the way from the 1930s to today, we can evidently see on television and in everyday life that this hair color hasn't escaped its historical association with pure stupidity. But it is evident that this stereotype is outdated and women aren't letting this stereotype slide past so easy. Blonde is simply the color of one's hair and should have never been associated with personality traits. A color is a color. And although, yes, some blonde women have made mistakes or done things leaving them with permanent titles branded onto their legacies, their hair color has nothing to do with their actions. Looks should not define a person. In my opinion, if a person is, quite frankly, stupid, let that individual prove themselves to be stupid, and if they are smart... Do not identify them as anything different with predetermined judgments. But what would I know? After all, I'm just a blonde. So thank you for sitting down with me, April. Um, you did your podcast on blondes. Why'd you choose that topic? First off, just because I was blonde, and I never know where to go with topics whenever I first get assigned any kind of assignment. So I was just kind of sitting, and I was looking in the mirror, basically, trying to, you know, figure out what I wanted to do. And I was like, oh, look, I have ears. How interesting. <laughs> oh, look, I have eyes. And I was like, hair. Hair's cool. What can I do about hair? And I was like, I'm a blonde. And then there's a whole kind of stigma around blondes and that they're stupid or that they have some sort of adjective linked to blonde hair before you even get to know the person and I thought it would be interesting to do something that kind of debunks that stereotype or finds out its origins. Nice. 
Uh, did you enjoy making the podcast? It was fun. It was a different kind of project for me than what I'm used to. Like, I've never done anything before with voice recording or editing or anything like that, and it was really interesting to kind of explore that whole world. Uh, any advice for someone who's trying to make a podcast? Um, I'd say just kind of go all out. Just do something crazy and see where it goes, and then if it goes bad, you can just delete it, and if it's awesome, then congratulations. <laughs> so I, I thought your podcast was great, and you um, you obviously put a lot of thought into how to draw your reader, your listeners in. Um, can you share some of those strategies with uh, our listeners? And just really just play around with things and see what you find interesting, and you know that because you can't see any visuals you have to try and make sure that there's different aspects in it that can attract the ear rather than attract the eye which is normally what people look at um so just play around with different sound effects and things like that well thank you you're welcome <laughs>